Just wait on. What is up, everybody? I am Ant, and I'm joined by my uh, friends and co-hosts. You can see one. You can read the other one's name down there. Introduce yourself, guys. I am Tyler Peters, and, you know, I'm so happy to join Ant and Carlos. Caribbean cool, and uh, it's just great to be with you, gentlemen. Yes, sir. Thank you, Tyler. And who are you, sir, down below? Carlos, Caribbean cool. Let's get it done, boys. Yes, sir. That's sure. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We the ones and you the twos. We the ones. Or no, you the twos and we the ones, right? Acknowledge us. Yes, and Tyler. And also, guys, Tyler did win the uh, Extreme Rules uh, prediction special, so we should acknowledge you. Congratulations, sir. Congratulations, Tyler. Bow down, and uh, you're not worthy. I am the champion. Okay, sir. Well, that Tyler's coming back to me, obviously. He's a, I, he's a Tyler's the leader of the bloodline or whatever whatever group he wants to. Yeah, he gets to pick his own moniker. Whatever I want to be because I have the gold. Just mm-hmm. like Roman Reigns told Logan Paul, you can have Shawn Michaels. What, are you going to train with God next week? I read that. I read that. Oh, I saw. Yeah, he trained with the whole. <laughs> I mean, that's impressive, though, Logan Paul's training with a legend like him. No, it really is. I, I was just trying to be funny. Oh, wait, Roman really said something about that? Oh, yeah, he tweeted back. <laughs> yeah, he said he tweeted something along the lines of, like, oh, you're training with Shawn Michaels. Who are you going to train with next week? God? Kind of like, you know, like... <laughs> Sarcastic. God. I mean, I mean, maybe, yeah, we didn't know to tell him because of the, like, it was a text, but, um, you know. But you're wondering why you're here. Uncensored Processing Podcast. Uh, we're covering WWE Monday Night Raw from my brother's birthday, October 17th, 2022. Happy belated birthday, Michael. Um, Happy birthday. He's a big wrestling fan, too, so there you go. Um, they were live in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. and OKC. Uh, OKC. And we start out the night with Bobby Lashley in the ring on a microphone, challenging Brock Lesnar to come out. Brock Lesnar comes out, and the two of them brawl. Brock runs Bobby Lashley into the ring post. Bobby Lashley then spears Brock through the guard railing. Security guards end up separating the two. Bobby Lashley runs and spears Brock over the announce table. And he ends up putting him... Uh, Bobby puts Brock through the announce table. So what I like about this segment was that there wasn't talking. They just went at it. I don't like it when people talk. It, it tends to get a lot. I mean, I, it depends on the person. But I'm just glad that these two have just been brawling. There's no need to really talk. So I'll throw it to Tyler first. What did you think of this segment opening up Raw and uh, Bobby Lashley being able to overcome Brock Lesnar this week on Raw after last week's attack? I like this segment a lot. Uh, I, to your point, I liked how both these big guys were just brawling. They were fighting. That that was a good term to use there, in. And it made you believe that Brock Lesnar was going to beat up Lashley again this week until Lashley was able to get the spot where he speared him through the barricade and then through the broadcast table. And I liked how they had the officials out there because it felt real. It felt like how a real sporting event or anything should, you know, take it seriously by having the referees come out. Sure, they're scared because you got two behemoths like Lashley and Lesnar fighting it and they couldn't control them. So, you know, eventually they did. Uh, it was just a very good segment. I, I liked how Raw's opening up lately. It's just, you don't always need it, but when it's done correctly, like this segment, I think it delivered. Mm, you never know what's going to happen, and that's what people exactly. want to tune in. <laughs> I also like, 
um how like you mentioned the guards because they're also kind of thinking like let's save this moment for the show like hold your horses guys um carlos caribbean cool sir what did you think of the opening segment these two brawling i thought it was a good way to open the show i like how like they, they literally skipped the intro and they just went to bobby talking and then um one thing though it's like the brawl was good right no nothing wrong with it but i feel like what killed it was like i feel like the crowd was very dead during mm. that opening, that whole opening, I it was like, I feel like it should have been louder than, like, the, I feel like the fans should have appreciated it a little more. That's like, like when I first like saw them brawl, I thought they would have been like, oh, but you know, I feel like they were they were dead like the first maybe hour of the show, um, and I feel like they they this is a good way to like like instead of just like talking like fighting because like the first the first rivalry they had they did a lot of talking, a lot of promos, a lot of like that way they did the promos the back and forth. Now it's just fighting enough talk just fighting. But yeah, I'm I'm really surprised that they had. First of all, I'm, I'm surprised that Brock even showed up. <laughs> mm-hmm. After after like after like 10, 15 seconds of him not coming on, I'm like, oh yeah, Brock, they're just they're just messing with Bobby. Brock's probably just come from behind, or he's just not going to be there. But I was surprised he showed up for work. And I was glad that Bobby Lashley took that big bass bitch down <laughs> to the table. So I guess we know who yes. you're rooting for at Crown Jewel. Yeah, of course. Last much for uh, being unbiased. Unbiased. I'm excited for this match. I gotta make. I gotta make a decision. I can't just choose both. Oh, I know. I'm just teasing you, buddy. I'd rather see Brock versus Lashley than Brock versus Goldberg. So I'm okay with or or Brock versus that one guy that refereed the Matt Riddle and Seth Rollins match. That's or even Omos. Ugh. Yeah. Well, Omos and Braun Strowman. That's that's something. Um. Let's move on. So our opening match is Alpha Academy taking on the OC. With the phenomenal AJ Styles in their corner. The OC are in control to start the match. Gallows nails a big boot. Um, Gallows also nails a really cool modified pump handle slam to Chad Gable. Um, Carl Anderson nails a spine buster to Chad. And then uh, the OC ended up getting the win after a magic killer to Gable. Um, what did you think of the match before we talk about the segment afterwards? And I'll throw it to Carlos. What did you think of uh, the return of the OC, their first match back after being a part of Impact Wrestling? They've been on All Elite Wrestling for a bit. I think this is the best they've looked, in my opinion. And I'm not a big OC fan. I said it before last week. I wasn't really excited for them. They looked their best, in my opinion. But, Carlos, what about you? What did you think of the match and the OC? The match was good. The one uh, the, the new theme song doesn't do it for me. I like their old theme song that they had when they first like came. But hey, man, no, 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 no. But um, you know, I, it's like one week they're pushing Chad Gable and Otis. One week they're like they're like down with this. Like I feel like they make it. They need. They need to like. I mean, why would they put them against against guys that they want to win? Like they could put them against um, OC versus maybe a tag team that's like not really like um, up there right now. Because actually, I feel like Chad Gable and Otis are like one of the well, top tier tag team in my opinion. They're both well, very good. That might be why they did that because if if the OC beat a, a jobber team that you know they're going to beat, then they don't really size up. But when you beat a talented team like Alpha Academy, then whoa, we got to stop and think about you guys now. That's my thought. But go ahead, sorry. You know that that's really the match is good. I'm glad that um both are back. I feel like they they uh Luke Al's always been in and out of WWE, back and forth, back and forth. But I'm glad to see them both back. 
the OC. How about you, uh, Tyler? What do you think? I thought it was a solid match. I, I think these guys could always work. It's just they needed to return, I, I think, because WWE fans needed to be reminded, and wrestling fans overall, that these guys are actually very talented. It, it's sometimes, I think, presentation. And I, I'm with Carlos. I, I kind of miss that older presentation going back to the theme music. But it's just so nice to see them back with AJ Styles. And the Judgment Day just needed a new team, a new rivalry. So from that aspect alone, it's just refreshing. I, I thought, and Chad Gable, nothing against Otis, but we're talking about one of the better workers in all of the company. Mm. And I think mm. anywhere else. I mean, he doesn't get enough credit. And maybe he does. I just Master, so Master Gable. Yeah, Master Gable, exactly. But from my, my point of view, he just... He's incredible, and he's helped elevate it, you know, or excuse me, elevate Otis. And then with the OC, he he looked uh, smooth. He he's one of those guys you could say that he's just yeah. very crisp and very fluent in the ring. So I, overall, my thoughts were this was a a nice match. Gable gives me a lot of uh, Kurt Angle two thousand vibe, not like oh one, not nineteen ninety nine, but two thousand when he starts to have a little personality more. So yeah, so I would love to. I would love to see Chad Gable as a singles champion someday. Yeah, even WWE champion. Honestly, he could do it. He, yeah, me he too. Could hold it down. He totally could, and I think but Triple H like might be the guy to do that. Because you got to remember. Go ahead, Carlos. I'm sorry. Go ahead. It's like they continue to stick with the tag team. Like when he did sorry the Shorty G thing, that was terrible. <laughs> but like terrible. they just wanted to stick him with the tag team. It's like, come on, like let the man go on his own, you know? Well, Shorty G was not him. I think that's the thing. We appreciate when we can take them, you know, when they're being real. And when it's mm -hmm. forced, like Shorty G, like what you guys are talking about, it's just, it doesn't not resonate with us. Well, here's something that doesn't resonate with everybody. The Judgment Day walk out and the fans are automatically boo. And uh, Finn Bauer goes, too sweet. And he says, same old crap. He says, we are here to challenge you clowns to a match at Crown Jewel. And he just says, we accept. He says, I can't understand why everyone does this. We're here on Raw. Let's do this now. AJ says, unless you need to ask your mother for permission. He says this to Dominic. Dominic says, you shut your mouth. He says, AJ, unless she, he says, you shut your mouth, AJ, unless you want to be like my dad and run to SmackDown with his tail between his legs. Um, which is a huge shot to his dad. AJ says, you're a piece of trash. Why don't you and I handle business tonight? And then Rhea says, Dominic is going to rip you from limb to limb. And then Dominic says, I'm not ready right now. He's like, in an hour or so, I'm going to mop the floor with you. Then AJ replies, I'm going to do what your dad should have done and beat the shit out of you. I think he says shit. Um, I think he did too. So I'll throw it to um, Carlos for this one. What did you think about the challenge being made? Judgment Day versus um, the OC at Crown Jewel. What do you think? That match is gonna that match is gonna be a banger. It's gonna slap. That we, we I think we all know that. Um what the yeah. <laughs> so I want I want to like bring up the part like so I, I do feel kind of bad for Ray after this whole thing happened. Um I'm honestly getting where where Anne's coming from like he was like defending Ray. It's like like he really wanted to make Ray quit. That that's that's kind of like intense. Like he like Come on, like man up and just take your son to the face. That's it. <laughs> but I just I understand like where he's coming from. He's he he he's talking about oh, he remembers having his having him in his, sitting in his lap as a kid and all that. 
But Dom, you're gonna this guy is very much gonna fight. And Ray and Ray just better be win. But um having Dominic versus being Dominic versus AJ, I don't understand why they did that. I'll never understand it ever. Because like Dominic's not on his level. That's one thing. He's not he's he's way off AJ's level. And like the way he got his promo, his promos are so cringe. But like I saw I saw one thing on TikTok the other day, like they were promoting a a live event in Mexico. And and Dominic did a cut a promo in Spanish, and it was fantastic. Like he he does he does great promos in Spanish. Like I would love to see him like just cut promos in mm-hmm. in Spanish. He he did it like really good. And then like it was Damian Priest. It was like both of them. But you know what like, if uh, he um not to cut you off, but think about this, Carlos. What if he ended up joining Legado del Fantasma, or if he sort of became like paid homage to his uncle with the LWO, and he sort of made his own sort of like um. Latin world culture sort of team or something because he if he were to do a whole Spanish moniker that would oh you know what let him work with Zelina Vega too that'll, that'll be good on but let, let Dominic learn <laughs> first because he's a little he needs some work he needs some work Judgment Day is like a good team for him to learn from yeah but yeah no like I don't that that could work too that that's that could work a lot he's like they're all the same heritage uh, yeah. you know and like um, but you know, I, I don't understand why they put him against AJ, though. That's that's one thing I don't really get. Well, how about you, Tyler? What are your thoughts on this match happening at Crown Jewel? I'm looking forward to the match. Uh, I'm like what Carlos was uh, saying the character development of Dominic Mysterio has been uh, very well. The progression, uh, Judgment Day, like he was saying, has elevated him, and I think. The reason we got the AJ Styles versus uh, Dominic Mysterio match was just for that. He's learned so much from his father, Rey Mysterio, from Edge, from the Judgment Day, Finn Balor, Damian Priest, and Rhea Ripley. And now he has an opportunity to not only learn from AJ Styles, but also now with uh, Anderson and Gallows. So he, he's, I mean, everything's in place for him to be that star, but I'm with you. He's going to have to uh, grow into that role. And, uh, surely, you know, we're seeing the results, and, and I'm glad for him. I'm, I'm happy to see Dominic. But you're right, the promos are, are not great. But I'd be interested to hear uh, the promo in Spanish because that, that does. It, there's something about the different dialects and languages that can enhance someone. Mm. Um, cool. Well, here's someone who already is a star. He is our new WWE United States champion, Seth freaking Rollins. He walks out. Those boots, man. These boots were made for walking, man. And that's high like, heels. High heels. Like, what are you doing using Becky's wardrobe, man? His boots are made for oh, Becky Lynch looked amazing. If you saw her on the were they watching a baseball game or something? She looked great. Oh, Bears, yeah. oh she Donald. she looked uh, fantastic. Um it looks like she got extensions. Mm, boom. She's well, Seth says, Welcome to Monday Night Rollins. He goes, Tonight starts the first defense of the greatest US title run ever. Seth says, I may have tapped out when Riddle had me in the triangle choke. Well, hello. That's a fun conversation. <laughs> Somebody from WWE is calling you right now. Yes, they're, they're happy about Carlos's comments. Like, keep up, Shep. Yeah, let him keep talking. We keep get, Our stock keeps raising every time Carlos talks about the, the company. That's why I was smiling when Carlos was talking. Carlos like the little kid of all of us that's like all into it. I love it. Anyways, um... So he says, I may have tapped when Riddle had me in the triangle choke. He goes, I did tap, but I did it for you so I could be the new United States champion the next night. I thought that was really clever of him to say because we all were like, well, he doesn't stand a chance. He has a title match the next night. Um, 
that Mustafa Ali comes out and Ali said, you should give a shout out to Brock Lesnar for giving you an assist last week. Bobby Lashley promised me I was next in line. And he says, I want to fight you for that United States championship. And then Seth says, do I look like Bobby Lashley? Seth says, I got to focus on Matt Royal tonight. And Seth says, you can either party with the new champion or skedaddle out because you don't belong here in this ring with me. And then Ali says, you're looking at your next freaking problem. And then Seth says, I appreciate what you're trying to do. You're a good human being. You're a great friend, father. And then Seth Rollins just punches Ali and tosses him outside. However, Ali attacks Rollins from behind, but Seth tosses Ali hard into the ring post and says, play my music, and Seth walks off. So um, Ali is challenging Seth Rollins. He wants a title shot. Uh, I'll throw it to you, Tyler. Do you think Seth has a point? Does Ali deserve a title shot? He's got a point, but I'm happy for Ali in the instance that he needs a break. He needs this opportunity just for his career because we, we've heard the real life struggles even with WWE and I think he's finally with a new regime and that's not even a knock on the older regime he's mm -hmm. starting to break through and I think what these guys can do and have they faced each other that was another question before now before this uh, apparent new feud they're teasing I think they have I'm sure they have because they have kind of like not exactly similar thought. styles but they kind of you know. and, and, and that's what I'm saying. I think the chemistry between them is going to be off the charts. So mm -hmm. that's why I'm not disliking where they're going because you got to build up Rollins some, you know, solid opponents. And to me, Ali's one of them. He's more than solid. He's very innovative, and so is Seth. So I actually like this. Now, to Seth's point, is he worthy enough? He's still got a lot to prove. But I think, you know, just to have a match for Seth and for the United States title, I mean, you got to start – making that title important again. Not that Lashley didn't, but now with a new champion, you, you mm -hmm. have to get the ball rolling. Yeah. Well, it's easy when, you know, you're you, like you said, when there's already a champion and he's on top, it's going to be a little bit harder now. What can Seth to do with the title? Um, exactly. Carlos, how about you, sir? What do you think about, same question, uh, is Ali worthy challenger for the title right now? Um, I'm not really the, the biggest Mustafa Ali fan, but... I think I think it's good something fresh, you know. Like Mustafa, he's like he's been so close to like getting opportunities, but always like like something's always came up. Mm -hmm. Um, he had that eye injury that one time. Brock, Brock broke up the Money in the Bank match, you know. Like so, this could be something good for him. Um, and I remember like him, he he didn't want to be there anymore. Like he's saying, oh, he wants to be released, but I guess like now he's feeling more happy, you know. Triple H being in charge and stuff, and. Mm -hmm. Him getting that little bit of a push, you know, it's the, he's feeling like a real threat to Seth Rollins. Yeah, they're making they're making us seem like he's he's he can like be a threat to him. Totally. I mean, I'm excited to see what's going to happen with these two, and uh, this is just the beginning of these two their moment during the night. Um, we see JBL's limo showing up backstage, and people are like, "Oh my god, what's happening?" My fiance Dory is like, who's limo? Like she didn't know who it was because she doesn't, you know, knowing the older stuff. I think like, it's JBL, but we'll move on because you know, really doesn't have anything to talk about. Right. Limo just shows up. So we have our next match: the Raw Women's Champion Bianca Belair and Candice LeRae teaming up against the Women's Tag Team Champions Damage Control with Bailey. 
here are some quick notes from this match. Bailey, or I'm sorry, Bianca nails a springboard moonsault to Io Sky and gets a two count. Um, Candice and Bianca with double drop kicks to damage control, taking them outside. Candice Larray springboards onto control outside of the ring. Larray nails a senton to Kai and gets a two count. Dakota nails a boot to Bianca Belair and Candice nails a code breaker to Io. Uh, Bailey tries to attack Bianca, but Bianca takes control and spares Bailey onto the announce table. And with all that distraction going on, damage control nail a double slam to Candice. And the women's tag team champions get the win over Candice Saran, the Wall Women's Champion. Now, I think we talked a little bit about this on SmackDown. What do you guys think of damage control? Like, they're kind of, they're, they're sort of running the division, but their main person lost. You know, we did find out that she will be fighting Bianca Belair next week on Raw. Not for the title, though. Um, but what do we think? I mean, are they still as dominant as they seem when they first came out in August? And I'll throw that question to Carlos to start off. Um, I mean, Dakota Kai and these guys are tag team champions. I guess that means they're a little dominant tag team division. They're running things there. Mm-hmm. But... Like Bailey, I don't know if she like squandered her opportunity at Money in the Bank. Or like, what? Well, sorry. Oh my God. Well, maybe it's extra rules. Yeah. I said no, Money that's in the Bank. fine. I said, I well, she has her. a lot of history with Money in the Bank, so I understand. I was there yeah. when she won, y'all, and when she won the title. Oh, very cool. Go ahead. Sorry. But, you know, extreme rules, she like lost her match. So I don't see why they still have her. Like, like she lost fair and square. Like, it wasn't really like anything. Like, maybe it feels like a. A cheating way, maybe it would have been. It would have made more sense. But she lost fair and square, so I mean, she. I don't think she. She should be in back. I think she'd be in the back of the line, like bring other other competition to fight Bianca. But you know, we'll we'll see what happens. But I, I feel it seems like they're going to continue their rivalry. Mm-hmm. Well, Bianca. I don't know. This title reign of Bianca has been a little stale to me. I think, in my opinion, and I'm going to throw it to you, Tyler, it's because, like, it's the same thing that happened last year. Like, she was champion last year, too. And it's kind of like she lost the title for a couple of months to Becky, and then she wanted to... It's like there's no new change with Bianca. I think she's always been the same character. You know, she's fought really not a lot of great... I mean, she did fight her first title reign. She had a great challengers, Sasha, Becky... You know, all those people. This reign has been good. Bailey's a great competitor, but um, I don't know. That's my thoughts. How about you, Tyler? Sorry, go ahead. No, you, you were fine. Uh, here's an impression I'm, I'm starting to gather over the past couple of years, and you guys have uh, talked about it. Uh, the point is, a lot of these women, as talented as they are, unless they are Bailey, they are Charlotte Flair, they are Becky Lynch, they are a, a Banks or anything – and even in Bianca, they're not getting over. Mm-hmm. They decide that they don't. They don't want to. They don't want to push anybody but the four horsewoman or well, Bianca. Yeah, and there, there's a lot of truth to that. I'm not going to deny it. Uh, but I, I think that's the thing. Even with this regime, I think there's just a lot of trust in a formula. And like it or not, as much as they need to build new stars, and I'm not saying they're not doing that, especially you include NXT. They just don't have a lot of, of faith right now. And I think that's why we're seeing a lot of talent get stale, unfortunately. A lot of the ones we even cheer for, like a Bailey, or maybe a lot of the fans want Bianca. There's just not the ingredients are not really cooking up nicely as they would like. And I, I think that's why they have to go back to do a return match, a trilogy, which I'm not against. 
because they, they are still good. There's that match quality we talked about off air. But my thing is, you're just, I, I think that's the problem I'm seeing. And maybe I'm wrong. What do you guys think? Because uh, that's just a common denominator. I'm witnessing firsthand just from a fan's point of view, and I could be completely out in left field about that. No, I think you're right. I think the problem is that, like you said, they build the problem is they've built the division around a singular female and different points. And in my eyes, which I loved about the attitude era, every character mattered. Like there was a place for everybody right now. There's not, like you said, unless you're like a Charlotte or a Bianca, like the whole storyline division is built around those people. They need to break that mold, I think. And, you know, like, maybe give these people new characters and make us want, like you said, to be invested in them. You know, you had Lita, you had Trish, you had, you know, in the beginning, there weren't a lot of them. Mickey James. Mickey James. Thank you. Victoria, Molly. Melina. Uh, Jazz, Melina. There was a long <laughs> list. It goes like one thing though. Um, it's crazy though. It's because like now, like there's only one horsewoman there actually active. Brown Flair's like, who knows where mm-hmm. she is. Becky's mm. injured. Sasha's mm. not like she's in a limbo. You don't really know where she's where, mm. she, where she's going, what she's doing. You know, like Bailey's the only one there. So like, it's like Bailey, I feel like Bailey has a lot of pressure on her because like mm-hmm. she's maybe the only only four horse well, only one from the horror four horsewoman there. Like maybe she feels like you know, or maybe they want to like throw everything on her. Um, like that's why they have her still challenging Bianca because like they want to like throw everything on her when they when you know there's other talent that could hold down the vision I don't, i'm sure Candice would be a good choice that's alexa good bliss alexa bliss yeah, is also yeah, a great a great good. great talent. They, they, i think they need to just um stop giving ronda the title and just make one of those women's be champion because then you ronda can build on them because ronda is the smackdown women's champion right now so like i feel like they could have given that title to a bailey or to an alexa or so that they yeah. could you could have sure. Bianca, but then build someone else too. Because right now, you're right. Bailey's the only person that has a character aside from Bianca, really, and she's the only one that the fans have known. And but that's because they've known her for years. You know, like there was mm-hmm. time to build up. We got to build up more people. I, I got to tell you, like they they kind of, they sort of they sort of build up Liv. I mean, they did it okay with Liv, but like you know that kind of whole thing's kind of over. But... Yeah, the, the problem is with Alexa Bliss, even as talented as she is and with all her reinvention of characters, she is feels like lackluster to me lately. Yeah, I agree with you. Like they I feel like Dory thinks that way goddess, too. Like her goddess ways, I feel like her, her goddess character, like you know, like mean girl bully. Like I I love that. It's not even like, it's not even that though. I mean, with all due respect, not to cut you off, I apologize, but it's just I don't know. Maybe it's the way they're they're having to lay it out, and and once again, we've got to wait and see about it. I feel like that might be good, like she works better as a heel. Maybe that's kind of why. I think so. That might be like these. I feel like she plays a heel character way better than a face than a face. Honestly, I don't know. I don't know. Well, here's what I know. I know that we only are less than a minute away, so we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to cover the rest of Raw. We got a lot to talk about. Dominic Mysterio versus AJ Styles, um, and a lot more. I, I forgot. I'm top of my head. Uh, oh, Matt Riddle versus Seth Rollins, too. Hello. Uh, so we'll be right back. Stay tuned. We'll be back. 
fucking one. Welcome back, y'all. Uh, I'm Aunt Carlos is here. Tyler is penis. here. No. Oh, sorry. Hello, sir. Go ahead. No, I I just thought it'd be funny and introduce myself again. I... It's Tyler Peters. Tyler motherfucking Peters. Um, That's a new gimmick. Yeah, Jim Crad's biggest fan. Um, <laughs> well, you know me. I, I, you know, I, I am a fan of Jim Cornette. Yeah. Yeah. God forbid Jim Crad doesn't have a conniption in one episode. I, I um, want a double cheeseburger. At yeah, Wendy's, you know, like he gets. Uh, He's the bomb. It's okay. So we're back on Raw, and Kathy Kelly is also back on Raw, and she interviews Matt Riddle backstage, and Matt says, "I'm going to beat Seth Rollins," and um, he then sees Mustafa Ali, and he tells Ali, "If I win the title, you will get a title shot when I win." Um, and then they see the Miz on the floor hurt, and the Miz says he tripped and it hurt his knee bad. Classic Miz. Help. Yeah. So um. We'll get we'll talk about that as like the night progresses because there's some more moments with that situation. Um, but I guess the important thing from this is that Matt promises to Ali you'll get a title shot. So Ali is like he he's sneaking his way in. He 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 don't give a fuck who's champion. He wants a title shot. He's all over yeah. the place. Yeah. Um, okay, we then it's see funny the- because he just had a United States championship shot like a couple months ago and he he failed. So Yep, he did. He did. But remember his point, you know, Lashley told him, you know, you'll get another shot. No, he did. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Um, we then are joined by Judgment Day backstage and Carlos is uh Sasha Banks, man. I'm surprised because Sasha Banks is your chick. Is this girl your close second? No, really she's like top ten. No, she, I'm she, talking she, about no no no, I'm talking about Cora Jade. Oh, Cora, yeah. She she's like like the it goes, do I have to get my order or it goes Sasha Liv to the Core J. Yeah, Core J okay. I, I like her a lot. She's very good. Well on she was on her raw. She she's she, kinda of disappointed she didn't have a match though. That's I really want to see her compete. The generation give her, of some, give her some give her some exposure, you know. She's on the show and she picks Rhea Ripley to be Roxanne Perez's poison for tomorrow night on NXT. Boom. What there a pick. You go. Yeah, and everyone's talking about the picture that she posted on Instagram. Even I, who uh, am not a big Rhea Ripley fan, was okay with that. I won't lie. I, I think that I want it to be my birthday. <laughs> Me too. Well, speaking of someone I would like to be, John Bradshaw Layfield comes out to the ring. And um, he goes, you know, I'm a wrestling guy. This is all that stuff. He goes, tonight I have a huge announcement that will shake the foundation for Monday Night Raw. He goes, the one thing is I apologize for doing this in Oklahoma. He calls the Oklahoma crowd a bunch of hillbillies. Um, and he basically says that with Rey Mysterio leaving Raw, um, he talks about Rey being one of the worst humans beings on the planet. Um, oh and JBL says, this is the greatest trade in WWE history. Please welcome Mr. Baron Corbin. And Corbin comes out. Looking different, not really like you know, but like attire wise. And um, Baron ends up taking on Dolph Ziggler after a challenge is made for anyone. Ziggler comes out here, notes from the match. Corbin nails a fallaway slam. He also hits a deep six and gets a two count. Ziggler takes control with a drop kick and a zigzag, which gets a two. And then Corbin nails an end of days to get a three count victory. The new wrestling god, Tyler, sir, what do you think about? This pairing of JBL and Corbin, can he be the next 
wrestling god? It's exactly what Baron Corbin needed. He needed this reinvention, and who better to talk for him than JBL? He needs that mouthpiece. Sure, he can cut promos, but not to this level. You went back to the Attitude Era. You went back to some of the earlier uh, terminology you know, that referred to that era of wrestling. John Bradshaw Layfield is what's missing. That's the way you utilize a legend. He's getting Corbin over again. Not that Corbin's not respected or recognized, but he's not at that level that he needs to be. It's all due to the presentation, the gimmicks, and it's up to the talent, by the way, to get those gimmicks over. Mm-hmm. But you still got to have that big assist, and I love that he called himself the wrestling god. It reminded us of the, the early to mid-2000s when he was one of the best villains, and you could say heels, the wrestling term ever. Mm-hmm. He mentioned Rey Mysterio. I love how he kept it kayfabe in the storyline that, hey, I don't like him. I'm back. And he made fun of the town. It wasn't cheap heat. He waited. He made you think he was going to be a baby face there for a minute. And then that's when he stuck the knife in everybody's back. And it was back to being good old JBL. And I miss him on commentary because he adds great intellect and great personality. Yep. He's one of those guys, big Texans that you could see on Wall Street, but he could he can kick tail. He's a big man, 6'6", six, six, legit. Mm-hmm. Uh, towers over everybody and looking sharp. And I love this presentation. This is a pairing, and it's easy for me to say now, and it's a credit to WWE because I love JBL with, with Baron Corbin. And I'm hoping for Baron Corbin, which how could you go wrong with JBL, having him in your corner, that this will work for him and we'll get back to Baron Corbin being more, you know, a guy that you take seriously. He's not made a joke because to me he's been too much of the ha-ha. This way JBL makes you legitimate again. It legitimizes his career. So I was ecstatic about seeing that limo and seeing John Bradshaw Layfield. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm normally not a Texas fan, but I'm I'm a fan of his. There's a lot. Well, of- this is like Jim Cornette has fucking come over you to to praise JBL tonight, Tyler. I'm I'm happy to hear this. Well, I I've got to respect JBL. I mean, he's yeah. I mean, he he put down Cena, he put down Guerrero, and now Rey Mysterio. And he, he's going to help out, you know, Corbin do the same. That's all I'm doing. It's bringing out my passion. We talked about our, our you know, being fans and supporters, and, and this will reignite it again, thanks mm. to JBL. Interesting. Tyler, you are the bomb. A lot of information there from JB. JBL's the bomb, though, too. I mean, I he, like He hate. is the bomb. I, yeah, I, I try. but he Such is. a great villain. I mean, I hated him when I was little. Um, he did his job. You sure did. Carlos, what do you think about this new Baron Corbin and his pairing with JBL? Oh, that was a great response, by the way. Every he had it right on the mark right there. Um, so he took every so yeah, he that I agree with him hundred percent. Only thing I would say is maybe Dolph Ziggler wasn't the best first opponent for for Baron Corbin to go again. Because like they brought Dolph Ziggler back, it seemed like he was gonna like, get a little bit of a push and then like, you know, they just brought him down to get beat by Corbin. I think it was, it's he there's other people that Warren Corbin could have fought. Of Dolph, but yeah, that's that's pretty much everything. JBL's great. He like I like how how Tyler was like he he stabbed the knife to the fence. <laughs> yeah, that's that's hundred percent how it happened. Mm. I agree with him. JBL. Well, all right, let's move on. Uh, we see the Miz in the doctor's office, and uh, Byron Saxton shows up. Yeah, he's like back. Well, not doctor's office, you know, in the doctor's room, whatever. Yeah. He's hurt. He's hurt. 
And uh, Byron Saxon shows up and says, the custodian saw, Ms. that you seem to have set up the incident where you knew. That's the one of the reasons I hate Byron Saxon. Always trying to fucking get in there. Like, oh, Byron, shut the fuck up. Uh, Johnny Gargan. Fuck uh, Byron. Johnny Gargano walks up and he yells, it's Dexter. The Miz jumps up and um, Byron Saxon's like, oh, well, then, you know, your, your knee seems fine. You know, I guess you can fight tonight. And Miz looks at Gargano pissed. Um, really not much to talk about there. Just sort of. But it was perfect, good. though. I yeah, mean, go reaction. ahead. No, yeah. I mean, that's all I was going to add. It was just how you laid it out, Ann and Carlos. I'd be interested to hear your perspective. Uh, whether you like Saxon or not, that made up for whatever reasons because, you know, Miz and, and Gargano. I just like how Gargano, maybe that is the role for him. I, I like taking him serious as a performer, but maybe doing the comedic stuff backstage. You know, he's always had that knack, even going back to NXT. So that was showing me a little bit of that uh, conniving heel, but yet he's still a babyface Gargano, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm interested about Gargano, and we'll talk about him a little bit later on, too. How about you, Carlos? What are your thoughts? Um, I'm glad that they're using Gargano in the storyline, because, you know, he had, he had people that with Dexter Lewis and NXT also. But I don't think they've been doing their best work with Candice or Johnny. I think they could do maybe better, maybe because, like, I read they're on part-time views, but still, like, I feel like they could do much better with them, honestly. Like, I don't know. Like, they could have done a longer storyline with Austin Theory. To just a one-off match or something different, you know, but I guess this is cool, too. Darren Grant doing, like, he's involved in this storyline with The Miz and Dexter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. But he did, he did say, he did say that, I mean, I don't think we got up to the segment yet, but, but, but yeah, keep going. Let's keep going. Okay. I don't want to, like, say anything yet because I don't want to, like, jump ahead. Okay. All right. All right. Well, let's move on then. So, uh, we see Omos and MVP backstage, and they start to trash Braun Strowman. And MVP says that Omos is going to face off with Braun Strowman on SmackDown. So, um, you know, something to look forward to. Braun Strowman facing off with, with Omos, I guess. Um, do you guys have any comments? No, I, I was going to be sarcastic. I can't wait. Oh, this ought to be match. So excited. Omos well, just reminds you of like a great colleague 2.0. Yeah, he's very well, at least Omos knows English. That, that's actually a very good comparison, Carlos. I didn't think about the Great Khali. Because it's like it's like every whenever like Great Khali would walk down to the ring, every step that he made looks like his legs were going to explode. Mm. But like I did see this one video like before he went to WWE, Great Khali like did a kick, kip up, he jumped over the top rope. Like I never, I'm like, damn, I never see Great Khali move that like, uh, before. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I, I'm sure but, he's athletic, and it may be due to the way they wanted him on on TV to be, just be this slow, methodical giant. Yeah. Yep. All right, let's move on. Um, We have our next match, AJ Styles with the OC taking on Dominic Mysterio with the Judgment Day. Here are some notes from this one. AJ nails a drop kick to Dominic. Uh, Rhea gets in AJ's face, and Dominic dives onto AJ outside. Dominic nails a springboard move onto... I didn't see which move it was. He just did a really cool dive, I guess, onto AJ. Um, AJ tosses Dominic over the guard railing into the timekeeper's area. Dominic nails three amigos and gets a two count. And then he also, he being Dominic nails a flying DDT and gets a two. Um, and then Dominic just drop kicks AJ into the ropes. However, AJ applies the calf crusher. Dom grabs the ropes. The ending comes after Rhea grabs AJ's leg 
and Dominic rolls up AJ Styles. Dominic Mysterio defeating a former WWE champion, the phenomenal AJ Styles. Um, Tyler, what do you think about the match? Do you think Dominic deserved that win? Rhea's helping him out a lot, man. Yeah, Rhea is helping out Dominic a lot. Uh, it's not so much about deserving. It's about that he's the heel, and you do have to cheat to win. And I, mm. I think a lot of wrestling is missing that element. So mm. I, I think that's how they were looking at it. Uh, sure, it was surprising that it was AJ Styles, mm. but that was the whole point and purpose. And I kind of liked how Rhea was helping Dominic. I mean, the Judgment Day have to – they're talented enough to win, but they still have to do the, uh, the cheating mm-hmm. in the process. So I, I was fine with it. I mean, I think it, it achieved what it needed to do. I, I'll be real uh, simple this time with my response. I'm not a big fan of Dominic, um, but how about you, Carlos? What do you think? Now you aren't since he turned heel. Before, okay. Um, um, I, I I thought the match at first I didn't really understand the match, but now I but now I thought it was, it was pretty good. Like you gave you gave Dominic some credibility, but I mean you know we were helping him work hard, work smarter, not harder. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I mean. And they got, he got, he got, he, they, they, they do got the advantage because they got, they got three people be with, with them instead of like just the OC. And I, I think it would be good at the, the OC to get like maybe a female part of the group just for that one match, maybe. Um, because you know, Rhea's going to be a ringside for that match. Um, but where's Edge still in this situation? I don't think he's done. They're, they're not done. I mean, Edge, Ed, they, they took out his wife. They can't be done yet. Oh, they're not. They show up at Crown Jewel. Yeah. Possible. But, the, I, I enjoy like when Dominic won, like Finn jumped up to steal steps, like yeah, like he he's like he it looked like kind of like a superhero like pose that he did, like once he like once he being like he's like oh shit, yeah that that was good for Dominic. He's definitely gonna see he gave him some credibility, making him look strong. Yeah, not strong, but like you know he got a big win. I agree. Well, so we start to get some information about something that I was saying. I was like, I hope we get some information soon. This next segment, we see The Miz backstage, and Giant Gargano comes up to The Miz, and he says, Miz, you need to tell the truth about everything that's going on with Dexter. And um, The Miz says, basically, you know, after I'm done with Dexter, I'm coming for you. So Johnny Gargano knows, he says, tell the truth, Johnny Gargano knows something about The Miz and Dexter. We're going to talk about that in just one moment, because... The next segment also is Dexter Loomis. So Dexter walks out, and before the Miz versus Dexter match can take place, Miz comes out with a steel chair and attacks Dexter Loomis from behind with it, and he nails a skull-crushing finale to Loomis on top of the steel chair on the stage. So this is a two-parter here. What is the secret? And um, Or what is the truth? And... Uh, Right. What is it like? I not too far. What is in this hiding? What is the truth? Because obviously he doesn't want to fight Dexter. He's afraid of him, but he's also attacking him. So there's a reason this is going on. Carlos, what do you think? What's your conspiracy theory? I have no idea, honestly. Like I like how like Don Johnny knows, but like I just don't understand what like they have stuff in the past. Like maybe they had like I don't know. Mm. I beats me, but like, I'm just, I just want to see Dexter. I wrestle already. Like I was so excited to see that match, and then they just get spoiled. Classic Miz. Mm-hmm. But damn, I just want to see him wrestle already. I agree. How about you, uh, Tyler? What do you think? What's the secret? The truth. I think, 
I think the truth, uh, and you deserve a lot of credit because I'm thinking maybe they're going to do like a family storyline here, maybe between the Miz, or if not that, maybe something with uh, Maurice. Or I mean, there's some different ways you could go about this because Loomis is, is he's betrayed as this sick, evil guy, but he's is he really? Because the Miz is actually your heel, and uh, I think it was a good segment because you can't have Loomis dominant every week so the Miz has got to have some kind of redemption so that's why I didn't mind the silk chair segment what was my theory I, I, I'm trying to remember I, I thought maybe you had said something about maybe a family connection but maybe I was wrong that, I think that might be somebody because <laughs> I'm like wait that thing so you, so maybe there's a theory there that maybe he's right if a family relation to Dexter related be, to the Miz well, I don't know. It, I'm just trying to think of why what Johnny's got. Kind of like what you were saying, Carlos. I mean, I, I don't know, honestly. Yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to listen to a lot of opinions about what's the uh, plausible case for all of this. But it, it's I'm just, just trying to think maybe if they had like a, a run run in the path together. If they well, never that, this that first time, yeah, that, that would work. I mean, there, there's a lot of different directions, like I was saying before, that you could go. I mean, Aunt, what what do you think? Was I off base? Maybe you didn't Here's say what I think. He's, uh, he's going to go to Monroe and say, I'm your poppy. Oh, my God. Oh. Oh, it's because you're thinking the kids are involved. Okay. Well, no, no. I, I just think. I'm your father. Maybe they could do a storyline where, like, maybe before. I mean, the thing is, it has to be something that the Miz wants hidden, right? Like, he doesn't want it out. Yeah, he does, he, he's denying it. And he's as started. a man, what is something that you don't want out? Maybe your wife cheated on you. Maybe your wife you know, was with him in the past, or maybe the kids aren't yours, you know, like, I mean, this isn't, they're well, not going to do the kids aren't yours. That's what I was but... thinking too. It could be some kind of love uh, story mm. or something angle. Cause she, Mary's isn't afraid of him. Mary's just like, is like, you know, she's like, not. she's just like, just like get away. You're weird. You yeah, know, she just kind of gets away, but it's not like a, a he knew where he lived, you know, yeah. I don't and know. It seemed, like it, it seemed like Miz didn't even know what was going on. It seemed like Miz didn't even know. Like, but maybe, maybe, maybe Maurice and Dexter have some past. Oh, mm, could be. I mean, it, it is wrestling, and I mean, it, there's been a lot of storylines like these. Yep, and also, um, I do like that they are tying Gargano into it because they were a part of the way in NXT together. So, if anyone knows Dexter, Johnny it's does. Him. Yeah. So, and it, and it makes, sense makes sense from a, a storyline uh, perspective too. Yep. All right, another backstage segment. We get a lot of backstage segments tonight. Um, Bailey says, people need to appreciate the now. Where's Alexa Bliss? We got rid of her. Um, Dakota Kai says, Asuka's gone. Bailey says, Raquel and Shotzi don't stand a chance. And then Bailey says, Bianca, next week, I'm going to be in control. And then we talked about this earlier. Next week, we find out Bianca Belair, the Raw Women's Champion, will be taking on Bailey next week. Um we then go to another backstage segment, and uh, Johnny Gargano tells the Miz, "If you don't come clean, I'm gonna blow the whistle on you." So, what is maybe the Miz? Oh, I got a. What is? I got that? another theory. <laughs> what if they're gonna do a storyline where it's like the Miz hooked up with Dexter Loomis or something, or like some weird like like Billy and Chuck or something? 
I don't know. Like, it's weird because he's like, I'm going to blow the whistle. Like, what is like, what, like, what wouldn't the Miz want out? Like, I'm trying to think of something like the Miz. Like, what would he have to blow the whistle on him for? Did he cheat on Maurice? Like, did, like, what is he? It's a beautiful thing that we're even guessing because that's, Mm -hmm. that's the whole, you know, that's what it's about is the word Mm -hmm. I was looking for because we're, we're all estimating Mm -hmm. on the what ifs. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you brought up another good point, though. Who knows? I mean, it, it's it's wrestling at WWE. <laughs> I mean, they've done it before. They may bring. I mean, I'm that. just I'm just thinking because I mean, we live in a different time period where, like, you know, that is uh, there's nothing wrong with it. It's normalized. So I mean, I could see them being like, oh, one day we hooked up, or you know, like something, and the Miz doesn't want that out. I mean, I don't know. I'm just I'm That'd trying to think. Secret. Yeah, like I'm trying to think. Like, why would he? Or like I said, it could be a whole kid situation. Maybe the kids aren't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. All right, let's move on because I want to be talking about freaking people being in relationships and stuff. Um, so we get the return of Elias, and he's in the ring, and um, Elias says, "My younger brother's career was cut short." He says, "But the show must go on. Who wants to walk with Elias?" And then Matt Riddle comes out with the bongos. And Riddle says, I got a big match, but I'm a huge fan of you. You want to hit my bong? And I was like, I do. Um, and then Riddle asks if he can play with Elias. And Elias promises that one day they will play together. And Elias starts to play the, the was the piano or what was I that he had? Yeah, piano. Something like that, something. keyboard. Yeah. And uh, they start to play, but then Seth Rollins comes out. So... Talk quick about the segment. What did you guys think about Elias's return? Go ahead, Carlos. Um, it was good. <laughs> I found it funny that they didn't let him fully grow his beard. <laughs> yeah. Like, he, 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 <laughs> like I, I actually at a point I really I thought that as Elias had a younger brother, but now it's obvious that he didn't. But it w- it was good to see him back too. Like I really like this character that when he first when he first came out as Elias, like cutting to like doing the songs and always getting interrupted. Like nothing's really changed. He got interrupted twice. Yeah, but you know this is it's pretty cool to see him back, and then Riddle coming out and like, like just like sitting there crisscross applesauce in the in the in the ring is like mm-hmm. this thing play is funny too. Yeah, it, that it was. I love seeing Riddle just be a stupid high self. I love that. How about you, Carlos? And not Carlos. Oh my God, hi Carlos. <laughs> hey, you Carlos. just talked. No, hi Tyler. No, Go ahead. No, you're fine. I'll be whatever you all need me to be. Uh, the segment uh, was okay. I, I do like Elias' back, but I, I've never been crazy about his wrestling style. But that, that's why you put him in these segments. And, uh, yeah, Matt, Matt Riddle's funny. Uh, this is the part I didn't care much for him. But he, it was funny, the whole line about, you know, the bong and stuff. So that, that's all I'm going to add to that. Well, we still have to talk about Elias. What does, what, does, what does bong mean? What do you mean by that? A bong is like a pipe that you smoke marijuana out of, Carlos. So, oh my god, really? Yeah, why does that movie get away get away with this though? I don't they're just like real go like like oh my do you want to hit my bong? And you know, you take a hit when you inhale from a bong. Are you sure they're not TV 14 yet? No, I mean I mean they, like, they they've done a couple segments recently, like mm-hmm. that whole cursing segment. Mm-hmm. They're, they're pushing 14. Think about DX man. Yeah, DX was uh pushing the envelope. Um so yes, that that that's what for all of you who don't know what hitting my bong is. It's a uh, a device to smoke marijuana out of. I sound like Siri. Um, okay. Oh wait, wait, wait! I think I know. What to, is it is this the one from the movie Ted when they were sitting on a couch and they had like that big uh that big uh 
the, the thing. You know the movie Ted, right? Yeah, yeah, probably because it's like a weed movie. Yeah, if they, it's like a little, it's like a little glass thing, and it could be. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. exactly. Yeah, what yeah okay, I got long. you. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. So we have our main event. I love this education and pharmaceuticals. Um, we have the WWE United States title on the line. The champion Seth Frickin' Rollins taking on his rival Matt Riddle, but this time Matt Riddle has Elias in his corner. Uh, I didn't really watch this whole match. I'm not going to lie, guys, but um, I have the ending. Seth Rollins gets the win after Elias runs into the ring. Rollins pushes Riddle into Elias, and then he stomps Matt Riddle, he being Seth Rollins, and Seth Rollins retains. After the match, Seth Rollins then stomps Elias, and he goes to stop Matt Riddle on the United States title. But Mustafa Ali runs out and sends the United States champion Seth Rollins packing. So my thoughts with this is I think we'll probably get a fatal four-way at Crown Jewel. Riddle, Rollins, Ali, and Elias. Um, At this point, they all seem to be in the running for the title. But I'll throw it to Tyler this time. Tyler, uh, what do you think about the main event? And uh, Rollins attacking both Riddle and Elias. I thought the uh, the main event was good because you you do have two guys that have proven not only can they go they they've got all the skills and Matt Riddle and Seth Rollins uh, I thought it was a brilliant move by Seth Rollins why not take them both out because mm. you know Elias is as he proved later on he would you know be a problem because he got involved as it you know they were kind of teasing that anyways. Uh, you know, you have Riddle that's got the submission style, and then you've got Rollins, who, you know, both are great workers. I'll just put it that way. Uh, but, yeah, I'm fine with the four-way. Uh, Elias will need all the help he can get because I'm glad he's back. I'm just – that's one thing about him that struggles uh, connecting with me is his wrestling style, though. I, I do like his musician gimmick. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. I'm interested to see what's going to happen here. Uh, Carlos, how about you? Um, the match was good. I enjoyed. It. I didn't really pay attention to the match either. <laughs> I don't know why. I think maybe think we've seen Riddle versus Seth too many times, probably. But, mm-hmm. but you know, we can't get enough of it. You know, uh, it was yeah. a good. It was a good match. Uh, I like how they had most of like last man standing, like then the the show. Like mm-hmm. there, people I've been seeing, like maybe Ben Ali, maybe Ben Mustafa, all this stuff. But you know, we we'll, we'll got to see where where it goes from here. But yeah, it was it was a good ending. It was pretty cool. Well, well, wasn't the highlight of the show for me, but oh, so good, perfect. You just did a great segue because I just asked that was the moment of the night. This uh, Mustafa Ali standing tall at the end is the moment for you. No, no, no. I said it wasn't. It wasn't the highlight of the night for me. Oh, I thought you said it was the highlight of the night. So then, what was the highlight of the night for you, Carlos? Um, there are so many, but probably. The uh, JBL segment with Baron Corbin—that was uh, that's probably in the end the match. The match was okay. that was that was pretty cool. I like that. Cool, good answer. All right, Tyler, how about you? What was your highlight of the night? I liked how they kicked off Raw with uh, Lashley and Lesnar, and I'm with Carlos. The JBL segment with Corbin was nice, and mm-hmm. uh, the main event—I'll I'll give it a lot of credit. There there were some good segments. I agree, but I, I think that main event deserves a lot of uh, for you know a lot of the accolades for highlights. Um, good answer too. Uh, for me, I didn't really have that many moments of this night that I was really into. But for me, I'd have to say, um, JBL coming back because it made me think of my childhood. You know, why not? Easy answer there. 
Um, so let me go over what's to come quickly before our session ends. Uh, Halloween NXT Halloween Havoc 2022. Uh, it's coming out Saturday, October. What is the date? 22nd. Mm-hmm. Um, we're recording this on October 21st. So this will debut the day of Halloween Havoc, which you know we're mm-hmm. excited for. Great matches. We'll be giving our recap of that down the line. We also have our Friday Night SmackDown recap to be coming out shortly. Um, we also will have a special Halloween episode debuting on October 31st. Um, it's a Monday. And uh, we're going to be covering the most scariest moments and matches and bizarre, insidious things from Halloween. And I have our special trick or treat surprise moment for everybody this is going to change the landscape of the uncensored pressing podcast forever stay tuned i wish i could do a vincent price i like laugh but I yeah can't. there you go do, do the thriller thing the thriller yeah uh but yeah so that that's all we got crown jewel coming up uh but obviously the most important thing for me i want to thank tyler and carlos for being here helping us cover raw it was a great night i mean we have some more time um, I guess I'll ask you guys um, regarding Halloween Havoc and Halloween and all that good stuff because that's coming up down the line. Um, do you think there is a, a chance of Bray Wyatt having a... Uh, like, I don't know if he has a crew or if it's in his mind. I know we're talking Halloween Havoc. I know he doesn't have anything to do with it, but I'm just thinking of Creepy Bray Wyatt for a moment. I don't know why. Just stuck out to me when we're talking about Halloween. Um, Last question, last call before we end the night. We don't know this yet, so just your first thought. Is it Bray Wyatt, it's all in his mind? Or, you know, all the characters are just in his mind? Or is it a demonic entity? And there's going to be actual characters like we're going to have like a Liv Morgan carrying cross. Or is it there going to be no characters? It's just Bray Wyatt. And we have less than a minute. So give me your answers quick. I, I think it's going to be maybe a faction, but I, I like both those observations. Killing it. All right, Carlos, land the plane, sir. Yeah, I like the, I like both those options also. But I feel like it might be it may be like a feud within himself. Mm. Like because the way on SmackDown how it ended, it feels like like he he wants to be like you know genuine and like uh, uh I don't want to say face but like you know uh real keep it real with people but like there's like something controlling him like he has that evil side so I'm interested they well listen thank you guys for killing the game as always um we will be back next time for raw stay safe enjoy smackdown enjoy halloween havoc And uh, we'll be back. Thank you guys, Tyler and Cross, for joining me.